Hello and welcome to Castle Rock Critical. Now, apologies, we have had a slight delay to the release of this pod for several reasons. One, Emma is ill, um, tragically ill. She's taken a trip, it's not serious, don't worry, but she's taken a trip to the Marston house. It's her house, isn't it? That's where she lives. Yeah, basically, so she'll be better in no time. Um, the other reason is I have been in the process of emigrating to Australia, and I'm finally here. Hooray! Yay, and sort of settled. Uh, and because I'm here, that means I'm joined, as you can hear, by my uh, bud Gaz. Say yep. hello, Gaz. Hello, Gaz. Yeah, good. good. Uh, finally reunited after all these years. Well, you know, I, I'm not going to lie and pretend that you're here You've moved here for me, but mm. I think that deep down we all know that yeah. is the reason you've moved well, here. Well, we used to be next door neighbours since we were kids, yeah. and now we are kind of again, in yes. a way. In a way. Much closer than we were. Yeah. London to Australia was a very long way. So anyway, we're at the Mellow Tiger, listening to some lovely Irish music. Um, you know, just poured, poured ourselves a little whiskey. Sing along, we all know the words. Yeah, no, let's not do that. Uh, but you pour yourself a beer as well, down at the Mellow Tiger. Go grab an egg because apparently that's a big thing this season, mm, uh, yeah. all the rage, uh, and stick with us for this review. There will be spoilers for episode four of Castle Rock season two, titled Restore Hope. Uh, so uh, you stuck with me and Gaz this week, as I said. But Emma's sent me her King Corner notes as well, and I've added them to mine, so don't worry, we're on it. It's all good. Gareth, you joined us for the marathon record last week, uh, but you could only stay for the first episode. What did you think of the other two episodes, briefly? Mm. Uh, and what did you make of this one, titled Restore Hope, episode yeah. four? I was like one of those like support people, wasn't I? For people who were running a marathon. I was just yeah. sort of jogging along, giving you yeah. some supplements. Yeah, useless you supplements. You weren't enjoying the first episode, were you? I still gave it four blueberries, mate. Like, that's... That's a that that's a really high score. It is a good score, yeah. Um, and I uh, tell you what, when I was listening to the pod um, on episodes two and three, I noticed you gave episode two. I think you gave it three blueberries. I did give it. Three, I was yeah. I was ready with all of all five of my blueberries. So let's yeah. not have a well, go at me. So you would have given that one a five in episode three. I loved it. I loved it. Episode three, I didn't love as much. Interesting, because um, we did give that one a five. Yeah, that one I actually gave a three. Yeah, so, so yeah, the we're, yin to uh, my yang. Indeed. Um, so this one. Yeah. Episode four. Yeah. Thoughts. Shoot. Blueberry, please. Um, I thought it was really, really weird episode. It was a TV. bit weird, wasn't it? Like, pacing-wise, it was, it was just all over the place. Like, I have no idea what period of time passed in that first 30 minutes. Mm. Like, you know, in, in world time. I've got no idea. Mm. Um, and just sort of little i don't know there were just too many little adventures of people wandering around going upstairs and then back down the stairs and then looking in a cupboard or looking in a bush mm. um not in that way yeah Stop that not that no um and some weird acting some weird performances in this episode i, I honestly didn't love it um, oh dear and it was set for a two bloob okay um but it's, it's going to get a two blue. Oh, That's really harsh, oh, isn't it? Shit. But it is getting a two blue. Sorry. Ouch. I feel like you're channeling John. Um, again. Again. Stop channeling him. Negative. I just miss him so much. Yeah, I know. Well, now I miss him as well. Because I used to watch all this stuff of him and now I can't. Stop John, me. I miss you. It's uh, hitting me hard. We all miss you, we John. We all miss you, John. Uh, return soon. But, uh, okay, I'll give you my give you my hot take off the press. Mm. Uh, I think this episode was really slow. 
And I think it seems really slow because the first three episodes, so much happened and we were able to like binge them all at once. Yeah. Now, I do think the episode picked up around the final 20 minutes or so. And I loved a lot of that. The Pop and Nadia confrontation. Mm. Uh, you know, I kind of like the sort of the sort of action sort of segment where between Ace and his brother Chris. Sorry, I know it's it's rude to interrupt someone are, when they're in, yes, a, in a blueberry monologue. Yeah, but I'm in a blueberry monologue. The 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 Pop and Nadia confrontation. That was what I I nearly because I nearly said it was heading for a blue. It got three. Uh, sorry, heading for a two blue. But it yeah. got a three blue. Yeah. But I didn't give it the three blue because that Pop and Nadia confrontation, in theory, should be blue worthy. But it, it just didn't. I didn't mm, love it. Didn't hit you, did it? Didn't, didn't hit, hit me in the field. Anyway, carry on. Um, yeah, I like the action stuff between Chris and Ace. I mean, I, I can't believe the rate at which this cult slash of undead zombie people is growing. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think the episode could have done a tad more. I think not seeing Annie Wilkes a lot in this episode really hurts the show. I, I think... She was the star of the first three episodes with all this supernatural stuff that's going on around her. I think Lizzie Kaplan's performance in the first three episodes is very captivating, very scary at times. She's doing a fantastic job um, in that role, way better than I thought she was going to be. I thought she was going to be good, but she's doing such a great job. And I think to have her in this reduced role in this episode and to let the other characters come through who... In theory, with a person like Tim Robbins, who is carrying this episode at times, to be honest with you, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it works. But then most of the time, most of these characters just aren't fleshed out enough. We're not getting it. You know, I know they're trying to explore the Somali backstory here about him murdering the mother, but I didn't buy lots of it. I, I just think I just think when you lose Annie out of an episode like this, it really hurts it. I'm still going to give it a three because I did like the final 20 minutes a lot. I did like the wake. I did like the confrontation between uh, Pop and Nadia. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I like in this episode. You're right, the pacing was a bit all over the place, but I'm going to excuse it um, because I think... I think this will just be a little setup episode, you know. In I think episode five is going to give us a bit more, and hopefully, some more Annie. We'll see a lot of Annie next episode. Yeah, I, sure. we have to. We have I, to. Not just binging on sweets. I have noticed that you've given this one a three blood episode, according to. Your well, notes, that's called cool. uh, that's called typing really fast. Mm. That's well, what it was I do. Thematic because it's Halloween. Yeah, well, very good. Yeah. Very good, Gareth. That yes, I definitely meant that. Well done. That's that, yeah, very good. Nice. Now we're going to jump into the plot, go for it uh, piece by piece. Then we'll go into King Corner, and of course we'll have some of your feedback because we had some good feedback after our first three podcasts. But before we do all that, a quick advert break. Yes, the advert section. Here we are once again, plugging what's going on here at the Fan Critical Podcast Network. And there's a lot going on. So much. If you are enjoying this channel and this show, please do subscribe to Castle Rock Critical and leave us a review. We love a review. Mm. Uh, and that goes for any of our other channels. Everything we do is released on the Fan Critical channel. That is on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the other apps. You name it. It's Podcast on it. Podcast Addict. Yep. It's on there, is it? Yep. Good, that's good. Didn't even know that one. Add it to the list. Watchmen, HBO's Watchmen. We have started our coverage because the first two episodes are out. We have reviewed them. Mm. We are called The Watchmen Watchers. Search for that on Apple Podcasts or Spotify once again. And if you're loving that show, check us out. It's me, Gareth and John, the Three Minute Men, running down every episode every week. And like King Corner here, we have comic book references too. Uh, we'd love a subscription on that and a review if possible. And if you want to sponsor us further, you can even go to www.patreon.com 
patreon.com forward slash fan critical and give us some dollary dues and i'm saying dollary dues because i'm in australia now so it's completely fine yeah, yeah? dollary dues yeah, uh, not racist so not racist at all uh we have cast it's where we recast famous films for for a small amount of money each month you can get those episodes for even more money you can commission a podcast of your choosing and for even more money than that you can be a guest on a podcast of your choosing so many options go to that it's www.patreon.com forward slash fan critical right enough plug-in let's get into it the plot of restore hope all right gareth we start in somalia yeah Mogadishu. Mogadishu. It's just Mogadishu to me, but uh, Nadia says it, you know, in her native tongue, which is fine. Yeah, uh, beautiful accent. It is a beautiful accent, actually. Uh, we see Abdi and Nadia, young, young versions of them, as they see the chopper crash down. Tell you, I did notice that the subtitle is yeah. called a Nada. Oh, really? And maybe that's like. Well, interesting. But we see that Abdi's, you know, he wants to fight. He's got a gun. Nadia's mum takes the gun, and then later that night. For some reason, uh, Nadia is walking outside the house. Abdi goes to grab her. They see the U.S. Marines, and for some reason, tell me why that you know the the mother is running down the street towards them holding a gun. That is just <laughs> silly. Like, come on. Listen, that was all explained. She couldn't find Axbed, who gave Abdi the gun. Right. So she obviously still had the gun, which right. is why she was running around the streets with it. Absolutely crazy. The way she's holding it as well is is comical. Yeah, I know it's a serious it's scene. Convenient, but it, isn't it, yeah, for the purposes convenient. of what's happening? I've got to say, the way that they that they show Mogadishu, like what a crying shame! What has happened to that country and that mm, city? Mm. Because it looked beautiful. Yeah. Pre-American influence or intervention. Don't have a go at them. It's not you know. They're most of our listeners. Aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> we don't. No offense. You know, Brit- I just the mean, British are definitely 19... not guilty of it. We're guilty of so many things <laughs> over the years. Let's Jesus. not get into that. Nineteen ninety-three. Somalia looked like the place to be. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was an interesting pre-titles in Somalia, not Castle Rock. Uh, Joy. Uh, we pick up with Joy, soaked from the storm. Uh, she's taking refuge at a bus shelter. Obviously, remember last episode, she ran away from her mother because her mother had literally gone insane using glass with her mouth and face to, to like, release herself blood everywhere madness utter madness annie um as she, uh, she's there at the bus stop waiting for a bus ace pulls up in his truck uh, and tries to conform her you know i'm calling it the conforming these days i like this yeah yeah the conforming yeah the conforming um, to join his aa group. <laughs> yeah his aa group as we find out later on yeah. um and luckily in, just in time her bus arrives because you know we can't lose joy just yet she's got she's got too much to do um, yeah, you know, isn't she? She's, she can't lose her. She's the emotional through line for Annie. We're not going to lose her. Good. Well, well, we might. might. Yeah, but well, she'll be back if we do. Yeah, yeah. Well, she goes to the church for, to seek refuge, as you do, obviously. Mm. Um, and this is where we get our first crossover character from season one, Pastor Drew. Ah, oh, Pastor Drew. So Gareth, I don't know if you recognise him. He was in season one. He's who uh, Henry goes to the church. Obviously, Henry's father was the Rev, um, and the the current tenant of the church was Pastor Drew, I think his name is, and he he was in season one. There you go. So we've got our first crossover character. Same same actor, I presume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. There you go. Outstanding. You liking that? Yep. Bit of season one tie-in? Yep, very I like good. That. Yep. Uh, but Dr. H, as she's doing her usual church rounds, because she is a very good person, um, sees Joy, hmm. um, and she has a little chat with her. She's yeah. like, what's going on? Uh, you know, my mum's mental. Um, 
she can't cope without her medication. I don't feel safe. She tried to cut. She cut me. She did cut her last episode. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Um, so they can either call the police or you can see. Only a little cut, though. Well, yeah, come on. Shouldn't be cutting anyone, really. No. To be honest with you, mother and daughter should not. That should not be happening. No. Um, so they. She offers a refuge at the Abdi household, which I don't know if that's safe to be honest, because it was petrol bombed a few weeks ago. I mean, this is this is this is the thing. Like the start of this episode, I was just like, what? Oh, what is happening? She's like Joy is saying to. To Nadia, Doctor yeah. H. Doctor, like, let's call her Doctor H. Doc, I that. Doc H. Yeah. Same to Doc H. Um, hey, can I stay with you for a bit? And she's like, No, look, we've got to call your mum or the yeah. police. That's that's your option. It would definitely be the police. Right. At this but point. then suddenly, she's at Doc H's house. Yes. So okay, right, fine. And she's at, Joy's having a uh, sorry. Doc Doctor H is having a meeting with with um, Annie like. I'm just like, what is happening? I can't follow this. It's too much, too complicated. Abdi's holding a gun. That was a bizarre turn. Yeah, like, why is he suddenly so protective of a right, this that, girl that, that, that he doesn't know? Yeah, so what I thought about that was when, when obviously... So, you know, Annie gets refused to see Joy by Dr. H at the meeting at the Somalian market, there in which she goes straight to the Abdi household because she knows where it is because she's been there where she stole the key card um to get her meds goes to get joy back and abdi pulls the gun on her like you said yeah. which for me felt very bizarre considering we haven't seen abdi that much um you don't see him that much in this episode at all and then when we do see him he pulls a gun on joy's <laughs> mum now look i don't care in what state that you know annie is you you wouldn't let your do- her daughter see her mum being have a gun on her joy would not be okay with that situation that is oh. not that is not a, a situation which is warranted in the slightest. I mean, I liked Abdi in the first few episodes, uh, but I have to say that was a bizarre character decision from the writers. I, I didn't buy it. Agree. Yeah, that's. I think that's it. I just didn't buy it. Mm. None. It, it didn't feel like it worked at all. No. On any level. No. Anyway. Uh, well, because Joy is, uh, you know, Annie gets refused entry, obviously by the gun, and she's like screaming at Joy. She sees her in the window, and she mm. she flees away. She keeps. Shouting at the same pitch. Yeah, it was annoying you, wasn't it? She was really annoying me this episode. Yeah. I was Annie was under Annie was underused and misused in yeah. this episode, and I think that is where the episode's failings come down. Yeah, but let's crack on because Joy's new uh, the, the girl that has a crush on Joy and Joy's new friend Chance goes over and takes all of the belongings out of uh, Annie's house as well as the metal case that Joy is so eager to break into uh, to find out more about her past. Mm. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Chance? What are, you, what, are you, what are you thinking? What, as a character generally? Yeah. Or? She's quite she's quite ballsy. Like, yeah. You know, I... She, I tell you what, she feels very 90s, like a very yeah, 90s yeah, yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. Um, which Someone, I, I quite like. Yeah. I quite like that. Someone out of Cruel Intentions yeah. or something. Some, yeah. One, something of those, like one of those films. Um, but I don't, I don't know if she's, she's got a lot more, this is the sort of character I would have thought would be more bark than bite, but actually mm. it seems no, like maybe her bite. bite is, is all there as well. Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's, she's, she's very forceful. Mm. Um, as we see several times. Tells Annie to fuck, go fuck herself. Or yeah. Something. I mean, I wouldn't do that to Annie She kills people with ice cream scoops and yeah. she's not taken her meds for a while. So you know uh inside the metal case which joy eventually gets into by you know the, the passcode is is christmas twelve twenty five. 
Um, we see they have the license plates that they were using to go cross country on. They also have um, a gun uh, and there's a CD with the title um, Ravaging Angel, which is a Ravening. Rav- Ravage. Ravening Angel. Ravening. Yeah, Ravening. ravening sorry, angel. angel. Yes, very good correction, yeah, Gareth. No it's my notes again. Yeah, ravaging. Miss, yeah, I've written miss, Ravaging. Miss, yeah. It was obviously an autocorrect, wasn't it? Because Ravening is not really a word that would be used, to be honest with you. But anyway, yes, the Ravening Angel, um, which we saw on the box that young Annie carried down blood soaked to the river at the start of the show. Mm. Um, once she uses the oldest laptop to open up this CD ROM, um, you know, we see that it's a novel. Okay, so who do you think the novel is by? Now, I've got a couple of options for you. Go on. It could either be written by Annie, and she's an aspiring writer. We do hear the typewriter, and obviously we know that we were linking that to the Paul Sheldon yep. misery character, and Annie's sort of maybe possible backstory with him. But do you think it's Joy's father's novel, potentially? Do I have to choose out of those two? Do yeah, I? I mean, unless you've got a third more interesting option. Um, I really like this, the idea of it being Joy's father, actually. Mm. That's good. And maybe her, maybe her father is Sheldon. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, that is a very possible, a very possible outcome. I mean, remember that box that the the Joy was being carried in down to the river was, was called the Ravening Angel Mm. on the box. The novel could be in there as well. And she was blood soaked. She she could have just murdered Joy's father, taken the baby. and And the book. And the book. And then, obviously, to keep it fresh, kept it on a CD. Don't want to carry a manuscript with me all the time. Got to keep this fresh. Get a couple of copies. Keep yep. it fresh. Get it updated. Yeah. Um, nice. Well, It's like when an author dies and then somebody takes over and finishes the story yeah. and it just goes to shit. Yeah. Maybe it's that. Well, don't read Annie's last few pages. It's <laughs> absolutely dreadful. And then I said, hello. <laughs> That's some dialogue. Those dirty birdies couldn't get. Oh, it's just terrible. Oh, no. Just swear, just swear. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So that was that was my two two cents on it. And listeners, you can let us know your thoughts as you have been doing this this last week. You can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. That's fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com with any theories you have on this episode. Um, right, let's continue. Annie, after she was turned away from the Abdi household, goes into a bit of a shame spiral. Um, a food, oh, yeah. a food shame spiral. Do you, know, do you know what this reminded me of? Go on. A weird shout. You know, Home Alone. Yeah. When Kevin is like sitting there watching Angels with Dirty Faces. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, movie. yeah. And he's just made himself that fake giant movie, ice cream yeah. thing. Yeah, sadly a fake movie. Sadly a fake movie. But um, yeah. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Not real. Doesn't really exist. Unbelievable. Um, and he's eating ridiculous bowl of ice cream. Yes. With like rappers all around him. It, that's what I thought we were going to see. Little Kevin McAllister sitting there watching a movie. You think maybe it'd be funny if she was watching Home Alone oh at that God. point. See that? And you could hear it on TV. What she's actually watching is The Wizard of Oz. So, um, mm. but yeah, I mean. Too wholesome. What, it's very wholesome. You know, it's a very wholesome day in for her. She had a lot of food there. Calories gone through the charts. Yeah, it was Big old binge. Jesus, that was one big binge. Um, now let's let's cross over to Ace, who we see watching old videotapes in a very creepy sort of way. Um, what do you think he was doing here, Gareth? Because we know that Ace is possessed, reincarnated, whatever's going on with him. Yeah. Um, I think he was trying to learn from them, like trying to like learn, like how he talk, how to t- how to talk like Ace, how to be like Ace, to try and sort of blend in better. 
he copies one of the things that he says. He yeah. says like, okay. Okay. Yeah. But this is, uh, I mean, obviously I wasn't in the last pod and I wasn't able to express that Hack. I was quite yeah. annoyed. Yeah. I found, I just, I didn't, I don't love this. Oh, look, they're all coming back from the dead thing. Um, in the way that it's done. I know obviously, you know, we were, we're, we're huge fans of Stranger Things and there's yes. sort of a similar vibe yes, there. We said, but, yeah, we said that, yeah. Um, I didn't even listen to the pod, and I got that. Unbelievable! The flayed, the flayed, um, the flayed. We we likened it to the Stranger Things uh, plot in season three of the flayed. Yeah, very similar sort of way that it's happening. Yeah, um, and you know, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. We linked it to a kind of a part of Salem's Lot, which is obviously about vampires, etc. But uh, this feels like some sort of amalgamation of a lot of those science fiction and horror threads. I don't know why it's it's not. It's not working it's not your for bag. me in the same way. My favourite, actually, you know, my favourite sort of sci-fi and some of my favourite sci-fi films are like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Puppet Masters, um, even a horror film like The Faculty I really enjoy. I like stuff like that, hmm. that sort of hive mind thing. Um, Do you think there's a hive mind going mm, on? Nah, I think, and and we'll come on to this in a bit, but this actually leads on to the next point, which will lead on to some theories about what is going on. Uh, but we see Ace on the phone speaking fluent French. Yes. Now, so it's a Frenchman running things, is it? Well, mm. oh god, they'll surrender before it's over. Don't worry. Oh, burn. Um, so this is some form of possession, I think. So one of the names in the crypts that they fell into, and when I say they, I mean Ace's corpse and Annie, as she was burying him in episode one. Um, there's a name on one of the on one of the crypts or the, or the coffins or something mm. called Damien Aucoin. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Hold on. If you say it like that, then yes, it's going to sound French. What if it's just... Damien Alcoin. Da- Damien Alcoin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's the name that's on the, the, the thing. And it's dated 1619, exactly 400 years ago. So maybe these original settlers are the ones, you know, that are possessing um, these mm. these people. And they're, they're all, all these different en- these Frenchmen and these witches. Because we know it's witches because that was heavily talked about. Even when Annie was driving into Castle Rock, it said 400-year anniversary of Castle Rock. You know, and there's witch dolls, and she crashed on a witch doll. And we know that this season, you know, there's been a lot of talk of, you know, satanic stuff. So we know that's probably what it is, okay? Okay. And we get a little bit more of that later on. So we'll reference the French stuff uh, and the original settlers to Castle Rock a bit later on when we get to the Ace and Chris confrontation but let's switch back to pop whose chemo is not working nadia without pop's permission tries to get him accepted into a clinical trial for veterans and to do this she needs his uh, discharge army forms right yeah uh, he's a very secretive man she she says and you know he, he doesn't really talk that much about serving anywhere other than like maybe afghanistan i think it was or whatever it is iraq and afghanistan yes she goes to find them at the emporium glorium uh, which is where you mentioned you love all your little stair shots and you know oh my creep, god creeping around in the dark and all that jazz just honestly it took a it, it, this scene yeah went on for like what felt like about 15 minutes of her just walking around up some stairs going through a drawer not finding anything going back down yeah. the stairs i like, joked with you that it was um that they basically put too much in the first three episodes like oh, guys we've, we've made a terrible mistake in the editing room <laughs> 
we've got to make another two episodes out of somewhere to get to episode five <laughs> where we can you know get to the next bit of the story yeah. uh, so just walk you know let's just let's just use every angle we've got yeah. of her walking around this place just go up those stairs again actually can we just get maybe Ace do you want to talk French for a bit <laughs> no that's relevant I right. think that's good that's a good story V <laughs> Um, so she she searches around, and I want to talk about um, some of the letters that she discovers in the King Corner section. So don't worry, listeners, if you don't hear us talking about that now, and you've spotted it like I did, then we are going to go through that in the King Corner bit. But you know, I'm just going to go for straight story beats here. She finds the forms, and as she goes to leave, she's accosted by Ace's goons, mm-hmm. who aren't conformed at this point to the Ace AA you know meeting what a pair of slime balls yeah but she knows how to handle a gun she finds one under the counter obviously because she knows where it's hidden shoots her way out of there uh very cool very sort of absolute boss from her to be honest with you i was i was really liking that i was liking her authoritative character beats here well she's a strong character yeah she's a strong character i mean it was very lucky (laughs) very lucky that that goon decided to throw her into the counter that happens to hold the gun and serendipity. Yeah, it's well, just, it was meant to be. Indeed. Um, um, you know, I, I didn't dislike it, Gareth. I, you know, I thought that was good from her. I, I agree. The scene went on for too long. I was concerned, mm-hmm. and it's, once again, it's a pacing, pacing but, thing. But also, what what is going on? Like, what are they trying to do? I know oh, they so say they're, 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 ang- they're angry. They're still angry at the Somalians, so they're trying to yeah. give a message to Abdi. So they figure if they do something to Doctor H, it's gonna fuck Abdi up. So why know? are they angry at the Somalians? Because they still think that Ace that is they ang- killed Ace. No, no. Because what do you mean? Well, that's why they were angry at the Somalians. Is because they thought that they'd killed Ace. Now they know that. Or they don't. Yeah, they think that yeah. Ace is up and about. He's not going. Oh yeah, they did kill me. But they, then... They've obviously got that turf war going on for ages. It's the new mall. It's the it's the bitterness between the fact that when they've built that new mall, a lot of the rents and a lot of the shakedowns won't be going on. Is that yeah. that's the reason it all started? It's you know I think that's much you know that that whole turf war thing has just gone out the window now. We're in full supernaturalville. Um, Pop is having his own wake at the Mellow Tiger. A uh, lovely Irish band is playing all the classics as people booze themselves silly. Mm. Coffin full of beers, Gareth. Yeah, that's... Quite that's, cool, isn't it? Well, it's nice. That's better than having a coffin full of dead pop. Yeah. Isn't it? Oh, yeah, very much so. I mean, I you know, I thought it was a very nice touch. And I I don't know. I'm, I'm putting this out there. Would you... Would Go you on. rather be at your own funeral... I don't know. I was thinking. I was thinking about. Well, no, you'd rather be at your own wake, wouldn't you? No, no, no. Sorry, it's not. I'm not saying either or. I'm saying. Right. I meant. I'm correcting myself. Yeah, would you? Good. Would you rather be Correct at your yourself. own wake or not at your own wake? Ooh, is there an option where I can be at my wake, but be like a ghost and be watching people at my wake? So hold on. Yes, but you don't get to drink any of the beer. Well, can I drink ghost beer? No such thing. Okay, that's fine. the problem. Well, then I'd rather be at the wake. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, it's just an interesting idea. Do you, if you knew that if you knew that your time was if coming euthanasia up, was allowed, and you knew that and your you time could was choose coming up, the tomorrow, for example, the day after, not the enough wake, time to organise a wake. Well, fine, but you could choose two days' time. Uh, then still yeah, need more time. Maybe than I two would. Days maybe I would. Gareth. It's an interesting question, but Pop's happy with it. Yeah. Uh, lovely Irish bands playing all the classics, like I said. Everyone's getting boozed. Tim's sneaking off some little beers for all the gang. You know, Tim, we know Tim because he's Chance's mate and Chance is now Joy's mate. You know, they've got a little gang. It's all good. Um, poor Tim. You know, he gets oh, absolutely 
fucked over in a minute. Um, Ace and his gang infiltrate the party. Uh, he drinks more red wine, keeps acting weird, and begins. Uh, they begin picking people to add or conform to their clan of the undead possessed Frenchies. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the real estate agent woman chooses the bartender. Uh, the, the police cop who was in Heroes chooses uh, <laughs> councilwoman Pinto. Police, um, um, the police guy who was in Heroes playing the same policeman in this as he, well. He plays a policeman in everything. I defy people. Let me know if I'm wrong. He literally plays a policeman in everything. Um, Councilwoman Pinto, yeah, he gets, she gets absolutely got. Uh, and Chris Merrill, unfortunately, also gets got, or will come on to who gets got, or chosen to be oh, confirmed, God. which I thought was an interesting choice, considering he seemed like a kind of decent guy and would have been a, an interesting opposition throughout the season, I felt. But, yeah. hey, you know, the, the, the show's going the way it wants to go. I've got to say, the bartender, he yeah. gets roped in because the the estate agent is yeah. seductively eating an egg. Yeah. Right. You know There are some foods that are <laughs> <laughs> that that are sexy to eat. Yeah. An egg isn't one of them. Well we'll talk about them eating eggs later because we've got some, some feedback on that. But um yes. the egg thing is is bizarre. Um and I have to say he he must not have seen some action for a long time to be seduced <laughs> by that and then just that that took no time at all. Oh, hey there, lady. I'm nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Come into the back room with me. Oh, I'm dead. No, um, it was it was weird. But yeah, they're, they're choosing people to join the you know the AA meeting. Um, as Ace is walking Chris towards the church, um, we get a spiel from him about the first settlers to the yeah. town, the witches that lived on the land burned 400 years ago, and they still defend the land and are not defeated. They're still fighting today. Which leads me to believe this is possession. Um, I don't know how they're restoring their bodies because, you know, Somalian guy was chopped up by an axe. Yeah, uh, we've seen Ace have a ice cream scoop through his throat and he seems to heal. Yeah. They have healing powers. It's, it's very interesting. I want to learn more about it, but possession is definitely the name of the game here. All right. I mean, look, this is probably a, a bigger question that needs to be asked beyond this episode. And and it says it's of the series as a whole. But at this point, then, what yeah. are your thoughts on like taking this 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 story, this misery story? Yeah. And Salem's Lot. Well, no, but but supernaturaling the character up, like, is that needed? Did does that need to happen? I think the thing is with Stephen King is there's always an element of the supernatural, even in something like which we've covered like Cujo which seems like a very normal story it seems it seems like a story in which there's just a dog that goes rabid and a series of unfortunate events means that the woman and her son are trapped in the car yeah there are elements in that where you're getting hints of you know shared dreams uh shining sort of elements to inform in the book this is not in the film you know everything that Stephen King does even if it's grounded in some sort what about of reality, misery well, in Misery's, Misery's got an in, an interesting one. I mean, the, I can't see much supernatural in that story. No. But, you know, I'm sure people who would like to disagree with me, there is a deep, if Emma was here, she might say there were elements. You could do a deep dive into it and see what is, is, is actually maybe interpreted as supernatural in that book. I think Annie Wilkes' character is perfectly normal in this. She's just running from the well, law. Normal is an interesting word. Well... 
she she's not supernatural in any way, shape, or form. She's yes. a, she's a constant normal physical thing right here. But the stuff around her and the stuff in Castle Rock, and we know that Castle Rock is supernatural because last season we saw the kids and we saw how his ghoulish face turned at the end. We know how people kill themselves around him. We know about the schisma. We know about interdimensional inter you know dimensional travel uh, essentially with the schisma. So it's. It's there, Gareth. You know, we have to accept the supernatural stuff. The thing is, it just feels a bit hokey maybe with the returning of these characters. Mm. Maybe that's it. You know, I found Molly's supernatural ability and, you know, listeners, you remember this from last year, we found that sometimes with her psychic ability of hearing voices, sometimes a bit like charmed. It felt a bit like, you know, the show charmed. It felt a bit cheap, yeah. Even though it was The Shining, it didn't really come across like The Shining, you know. It wasn't told in that Kubrick sort of way. It was told in a sort of, ooh, I can hear some thoughts. Daytime TV. Daytime TV sort of way. And I'm not saying that, you know, I don't, I've said this in the other episodes, I don't love this resurrection possession stuff at the moment. Uh, I can come to like it if they can really make it narratively work sense and tie it into the greater story as a whole and Annie Wilkes' story because I think the show is so much stronger when we're focusing on her story. Agreed, but that's, and that's, and that's my point. I reckon, because um, I'm with you. I, I I'm not loving the resurrection stuff at the moment. I don't know. I don't know because I didn't dislike it in Stranger Things, and I'll be maybe I'm being hypocritical because yeah, but Stranger Things, it had a different vibe to it. This this vibe is is more horror vibe. Yeah, I, I, and I and I don't think mm. they're treading horror at the moment with it. I think they're treading kitsch. Yeah, and. Stranger Things is allowed to be kitsch because that's what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. This needs to be... Some of the horror stuff in, in the earlier episodes is great. This resurrection stuff doesn't have enough horror for me for it to be really scary. Like, we're seeing too much of it. Yeah. That's but- the problem. We're seeing too much of it. If there was less of it, like, you know, if Ace was still dead for, like, another two episodes, say he only came out this episode, for example, I'd be like, oh, shit. Or we saw like hints of him maybe yeah, being in the background or somewhere. He might still be alive, but because he came back so quick, yeah, I feel like, and we're now we're seeing this, you know, whole confirmation of several different, you know, people, and then they've got a clan of like ten people. It's just so quick, and I think it, you know, with horror, sometimes not seeing the monster is the scary part, and not seeing what's going on is, and leaving it up to your own imagination. Yeah, uh, and I think we've seen a bit too much of it. Maybe that's it. But anyway. Let's crack on. Let us know your thoughts, listeners. As always, email us. Um, it, I think this storyline is going to be very divisive this season. It's definitely up for debate. Um, so basically, after the spiel, uh, Ace stabs Chris, and then they have a big battle, um, which Chris wins. Yay! Yay! Well oh, done. Oh my was, god! Was, what a brutal battle! I was sitting there going, "Oh, that's good. They're not going to kill him." So relieved that he managed to survive that when all the other ones yeah. died. Oh, phew! Thank goodness. Yeah, and then he gets the Reverend to, get, to go get the ambulance, and then bloody hell! This is the Rev who. This is the not the Rev, but the pastor who is in Drew. the church. Yeah, Pastor Drew, who was in season one. We see that he's been also, you know. Conformed, Conform. <laughs> converted, <laughs> converted, conformed to this new, um, new sort of possession thing, and he brutally stabs him in the neck with some sort of yeah, I mean, Christian statue thing, which I didn't know what it was. Let me know if I don't know. I don't know, but it, uh, it was brutal. I didn't like that at all. No, and then I was like, oh, for fuck's sake! So now he's one of them as well. Yep. I was like, so what we got? Pop, Nadia, Abdi, Annie, and crew. 
you know, because Tim's fucked as well. Little Tim, he's going to start uh, pulling over the kids. Well, did you mention Tim? No, but I mean, we did say that he, oh he meets a feet, but Tim, he gets crushed by the car. So now he's, and that's the other thing. He's got crushed by a car. He's going to come back right as rain. What has happened? Will his beers come back? Oh, please let the beers come back. Oh my word. That would be a disaster. What a waste. Anyway, so as we said, the the group is growing. uh, And the episode ends with Nadia confronting Pop at the wake uh, about him touring Mogadishu in 1993. Mogadishu. Uh, Yes. And he confesses that it was him that shot her mother dead. And we see that in a flashback. He doesn't really confess. We see it in a flashback. So I guess he sort of confesses. She's a smart woman. She's figured it out. This was interesting. Yes. The the construction of this scene. Right. With the, like, Irish jingle. Cockles um, and mussels. Mussels and cockles. Mussels and cockles. Yeah. Uh, Playing whilst, like, whilst we're seeing the flashback as well. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I quite liked it actually. Like, the, yeah, I like the set the, of the way, the um, the way that the, I don't know, the the music music worked for me there. The stark contrast between the kind of folky, fishermany like sound of that traditional Irish jingle and yeah. and the the brutality of shooting somebody's mum in front of them. It was interesting. It's uh, definitely not a mixture I, I thought I'd see. <laughs> uh, it's not a mixture I thought I'd see in the show. You know what song's going to go really well with yeah, the yeah. Somali in shooting? In the edit suite, they're like, Let's, nah, let it run. Let it run. <laughs> um, but what I do think is that, um, obviously, Pop's only got about a week or so to live, or two weeks to live. We don't know. He's, he's on his last legs. She's not going to help him now. Um, a lot of the rest of the season will be them reconciling before he dies, and he probably will die saving the town in some way, shape or form, hopefully. Um, with the help of Annie, I hope. Annie and him becoming unlikely heroes in a world in which, in the Stephen King universe at least, they are considered monsters. I reckon, it's fair to say. I reckon the next few episodes, the rest of the season, is just going to have Annie laying on the sofa eating more ice cream. Good life. Yeah, well, I told you, they used all their good shit up in the first three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of this episode plot. Let's jump into all the fun King Corner Easter eggs. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm innocent, right? So as I mentioned, Gareth, we saw a familiar face, the pastor from season one. Uh, the pastor of the Church of the Incarnation. The Church of the Incarnation featured heavily uh, in season one. Obviously, Henry's father was the Rev. Mm. So we see the church quite a lot. Um, we see, you know, he's a part of Ace's murderous cult towards the end. The bigger question is whether this opens the door to other characters from season one featuring in this season. Let's just say, would it be great to have, say, Henry pop up or... Nah. Or Jackie Torrance pop up. We know that she, you know, is quite a young member of the Castle Rock community. Mm-hmm. She must be, you know, seeing what's going on. If she's not, like she said, she was going to go go to the Overlook Hotel and write about her uncle, um, which was terrible. I think. Go on. I think they've got to save her for another third season. I reckon she's third season. Maybe if you if you chuck her in now and she comes in and goes like, oh yeah, my uncle killed people. Like, what's the point? 
where's mm. the where's the the link it would be shoehorning her in and she's better than that well emma sent me a note here that the conversion of the pastor is likely to mirror the or some like to some degree the conversion of in salem's lot father callahan who falls victim to the vampiric hordes in that book so that's interesting mm-hmm. um i quite like that um i've not read salem's lot myself that's why emma's on it but as i said she's recovering in the marston household being conformed as we speak um too late for her annie and junk food uh like in the book annie retreats to junk food lots of junk food when she's feeling very blue so that was good that they they kept that true well, I think it's a reference to Home Alone, but... <laughs> Either or. Open to interpretation, if anything. Right, this is the bit that got me really excited in the episode, because, you know, as is what, yeah, well, what we let, have to I do mean, here... to the point that when I was watching, yeah. you were like... Oh, did you see anything there? See that? Did you see that? Um, well, no, what? Um, well, obviously, we have to go through the episode, and you'd be amazed at how many times... I have to go through the episode frame by frame. There was to one look, thing to that look I at saw. things, you know, to see if there's things in the background that we might have missed. I'll tell you the one thing that I saw. Yeah, go on. I don't know the significance, but you, I hope you're going to tell me. I saw an eye, mm, a drawing, drawing of an drawing eye, drawing of an eye, so, not an actual eye. That was really weird. So what's really interesting here is is when Nadia is going through the drawer to try and find the army discharge papers, we see that Pop's got Something a whole discharge. Yeah, sorry, terrible. but that's what they call it. Yeah. Pop's got a whole load of correspondence tucked away uh, in his files. Oh, and on it are some familiar names. We see letters from Alan Pangborn, who was a major figure in King's Castle Rock, you know, universe, and was. Awesome in season one. Our favourite character, R.I.P. Pangborn, you absolute legend. Yeah, we love you. Uh, we also Always. see letters from Dale Lacey, Terry huh. O'Quinn's late warden of last season. Now, Ooh. this is so interesting because that eye that you talked about, yes. that was a sketch. And what do we know that Dale Lacey liked doing? Drawing. He loved... He And who did he draw? He loved drawing. And who did he draw? Um, Himself naked. No, he eating wouldn't. hot dogs. <laughs> the no, bloody kid. The kid. He loved drawing the kid. So... Does Pop know about the kid? Think oh, about it. No. Think yes, about it. Maybe. He's a absolute stalwart of Castle Rock. There were three that we sort of thought were the sort of you know mainstays of. Well, there was two last season that we thought were like the White Knights of Castle Rock. Dale Lacey believed himself to be one of them. The other was Alan Pangborn. Now we know that Pop's been around for ages. You know, through the Needful Things, through all these other stories in the King universe, and he's still kicking just about. So he would also be in this sort of inner hierarchy, circle. yeah, this inner circle of Castle Rock, right? So if he knows about the kid, the kid is still technically buried down near Shawshank. You oh, know, this word. is after the event of season one. So I'm just fascinated to see if we're going to hit any more of the kid, uh, Henry, any letters from Henry, any correspondence from Henry or anything like that. What do you think? I love that shout yeah um i wonder i do i love that as a shout as like a bit of background information i hope that that doesn't that doesn't it doesn't doesn't make an appearance no but it's it more over, thread be, sort of stuff yeah yeah be, love it, that. overcomplicate things if you try and then marry up those stories like that's yeah. but yeah that's that, that would be a great little bit of well, Easter egg. I'd be buzzing if that's Easter the case. Egg, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I loved uh, freeze framing through the, that section. It, it was very enjoyable. Um, let's move on to some silly things. Councilwoman Pinto. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, Pinto 
isn't a normal surname. In fact, it's not a no. surname that I've come across that often, Gareth. It's not that. I like, because you have, I mean, you haven't lived in Italy. Like. Well, Pinto is a car, Gareth. So let's, let's. Fiat Punto. Pinto. Well, Punto. Punto. This is Pinto. Ooh. How is a Pinto relevant, Gareth? I've already mentioned Cujo once. One of my favourite books, actually, Cujo is. And I've, I've named it uh, once during this podcast already. Uh, the Ford Pinto is the centre activity for the climax of Cujo. That oh, is where, word. that is where um, the boy and the woman—I can't remember their names. Sorry—are stuck. So uh, I think it's um, <laughs> Margaret and Jeffrey Pinto. If I remember correctly. <laughs> so yeah, Councilwoman Pinto, bizarre. But just when I heard Pinto, I was like, "Oh shit, Cujo!" <laughs> That's mental. Well, because in the book oh, you, you hear like you, the, the Pinto is described a lot because a lot of the chapters are just them inside the car and it just says like oh they were sitting in the pinto yeah like oh this pinto's windows <laughs> is it in, in sunlight it's a ford fund this <laughs> this book uh and i thought you know it, it wouldn't be right uh, every single episode we seem to mention needful things uh, needful things uh, is massive in pretty much everything that castle rock does the show and any books about castle rock obviously that's where Need- needful things was set the emporium glorium was the rival shop of needful things owned by pop merrill and it's interesting that he said that his store, the Emporium Glorium, had the sign that read Caveat Emptor, uh, which actually translates to buyer beware, to warn potential <laughs> yeah. consumers. That was not his sign. That was the sign of Leland Gaunt and Needful Things' store. Fuck. You fucking liar. Yeah, fucking not only do you murder Nadia's mother, but you lie about that, you fuck. piece of fucking shit. <laughs> no, but it's a nice little nod, isn't it, from That's the good. writers to say, hey... Um, just a little bit of Needful Things knowledge for you and they love referencing Needful Things so I really enjoyed that Um, that's the end of King Corner this week thank you to Emma for sending her notes through and uh, thank you to myself for also sending my own notes through Gareth you did nothing as usual I'll thank myself then for supporting absolutely nothing Um, useless we have had some feedback on the first three episodes Um, and if you do want to send us feedback you can do you can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com that is fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com uh, Bill has this to say he could so let's just say this right now uh, this is referring <clears throat> to oh, some episode one on. stuff no sorry yeah. no no, yeah. no 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 I need to prepare I'm going to prepare myself for this for this moment which I've been waiting for for well, if you listen to the podcast you heard it well I did hear it but I've been waiting to be here and see your face. I shouldn't have included this one in the feedback. Go on. Um, So obviously, as I was saying, some of this feedback is like you guys did. You watched an episode and then got in touch with us after watching an episode. So I thought, you know, let's just keep some of it in because, you know, it's just good to know where your guys' head's at. Mm. Bill said he could have sworn that they were bugs flying out of that hole. Mm, Interesting, Bill. That's interesting that you think that because they clearly were. So yeah, brilliant. All right. Don't interrupt, Bill. Carry on. Like some sort of plague. But after listening to you guys, maybe it was bats. Mm, that's interesting, Bill, because <laughs> you've just lost all credibility. <laughs> Especially since bats would tie in with the vampires. Uh, yes, Gareth, I was wrong. You um, you were wrong and? Well... And it, and you were I, wrong and who was right? And Gareth was right about the correct. bugs. Yeah, they were obviously bugs. They were clearly bugs. But we saw them being bugs. What I will time. say is, 
when we've been doing a lot of research for this season and Salem's Lot, Bats and Vampires tied up quite nicely. Anyway, let's move on. Len Preston had this I'll to say. I'll never move on. That's well, all I'm Len saying. Preston had this to say. Watch the first three and listen to the pods. The chamber that Annie discovered reminded me of the underground chamber in desperation. There was a creature named Tack who used up bodies pretty fast and had to keep a supply on hand. <laughs> used up bodies. Yeah. That sounds horrendous. Ace's Resurrection and Modus Operandi reminds me of that. So that's cool. Oh. Something I haven't seen or read. Um, and that seems more in line than anything Salem's Lottie you at can... the moment, to be honest with you. We've talked about possession, but how do these bodies rejuvenate? That is an interesting point, And I think maybe we need to explore that. Maybe they also... Desperation. Well, maybe they do devour bodies as well. Who knows? Mm. You can always rely on Len Preston to... Yeah improve the quality of lens on this podcast anyway let's move on uh gibran lewis gibran lewis i think that's how you say it sorry gibran um i got your name wrong in a previous podcast but i'm saying it right this time hopefully i did call him gary which was a terrible mistake i'm very sorry about that (laughs) how because it it was g G. it was gu it was all i had was g lewis so i just improvised (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, Gibran, very sorry. Uh, thank you for all your correspondence. And you have said this. Uh, the short story Jerusalem's Lot gets more into the slime factor and the evil of that town which predates the coming of Vampire Barlow and probably even the building of the Marston House. Now, Emma is, I think, finished with Salem's Lot. Unfortunately, she can't be here to rebuttal any of this or talk about the slimy stuff. Um, she will be doing that next week. I have told her... Once she is, you know, finished being slimed herself at the Marston House, that Ugh. sounds terrible. Uh, she, yeah, she will be back and she will be talking all things Salem's Lot. So thank you for your email, Gibran. Thank do you, you very much. Do you, remember, do you remember when we were kids, like those TV shows where kids got to go on and then like their teacher would appear. And they and get slimed. They get to slime their yeah, teacher. Yeah, Nickelodeon. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Loved it. Anyway, slime's a massive thing with kids at the moment. Anyway, bloody love slime. Can't get enough of it. Loads of slime toys everywhere. There are a lot of slime toys. Um, Denise has had this to say. Love your podcast. Thank, Thank you. you, Denise. That's, that's nice. That's really uh, nice. And so happy the show is back. Oh. I know you mentioned uh, that reference to the missing children may have been a season one reference, but in the credits, one of the pages of the book uh, they show is written, they float Georgie. So I'm wondering if missing children are those from it. And what is that is referring to is the moment where Annie is talking to Joy about, I hate this town. I've heard things about missing children. Yep. We thought that, and massacres, we thought that was a reference you, to season one. You thought that was a reference to season one. And, I think it's open to and, interpretation. And that, that's fine. I don't think this is as outrageous as claiming what are clearly bugs are bats. But anyway, I'm I'm with you, Denise. I, I think um, there's a lot of history at Castle Rock that wasn't necessarily just... just well, it's dairy, isn't it? So it's, it's in the same state. It's actually roughly True. about 50 miles away. This is a fair point. So right. I just want to say, yeah. if you're talking about Castle Rock specifically, it, you know, it's open to interpretation, of course, because we've even had a mention of Derry in a previous episode this season. So I'm just saying yeah. there is a mention of it already, yeah. which is very interesting. But thank you for your fair point. email, Denise. Uh, Shane has had some thoughts on the eating of eggs. Oh, sexy. I bet um, he says. I bet he says it's sexy. <laughs> who wouldn't say that? Uh, he says, oh, hi, yeah. love the podcast. Oh, stop there. Thank that's you. enough. That's enough. Thank you, Shane. Uh, thanks, Shane. I thought I saw the, the egg eating was sexy. <laughs> All right. Oh. Cheers, Shane. And Typing that as we go. <laughs> I saw the fourth episode last night, but just listened to all three of your podcasts today. As far as the egg eating, I couldn't help but think of the movie Angel Heart. I hope one of you have seen it. Uh, now, me or Gareth, I, I haven't seen it, Gareth. I haven't either, but um, I've just read 
I've just read Shane's description of it and I'm thinking, yeah. yes, please. He said, it's not Stephen it. King, but it has to do with voodoo in Louisiana in the 30s. A very mm. important character played by Robert De Niro eats hard-boiled eggs. I don't think this is too much of a spoiler because he says his name soon into the movie, but it's Lucifer. Say it quickly. Lucifer. <gasps> there you go. I did it for the audience. Well done. Uh, anyway, maybe it's nothing. But that guy and his minions seem to have a similar appetite in, in this season of Castle Rock. Thanks again for the podcast entertainment. Oh, my word. Uh, thank you, Shame. Shane. Thanks for your email. And I will definitely be checking it out. Louisiana and voodoo is definitely a sort of thing that I'm not into 100%. specifically, but in terms of a genre, you know. You've always said, yeah. I need to see more things about voodoo in Louisiana. But yeah. no, like Southern Gothic kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, Southern Gothic. I, cool. I love True Blood I like, watch until it went terrible. But um, I love the you know idea of it. Um, and that's it for feedback this week uh, thank you very much for all your emails you can of course let us know your feedback on this week's episode and any theories you have for the coming weeks you can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com or you can get in touch with us at Facebook we are just fancritical fan underscore critical on Instagram and at fancriticalpod on Twitter uh, you can talk to us on there and hopefully if you, if you do we'll try and put that in the feedback section too um yeah, and that's it for this week, really, to be honest with you. An interesting week, a slower week, a week which didn't wow us, but did progress the story in some way, shape or form, especially with the Nadia and Pop revelations. I just hope we get more Annie next week. Yeah? Yes, agreed. I, I, I mean, I will say maybe the show didn't wow us, but our listeners did. Yeah, very good point, Gareth. Mm. Uh, I'd like to thank you for joining me in my now home country of Australia. <laughs> <What> <laughs> Thanks for coming to Australia so that purely so that you could do these podcasts with me. Yeah, he was getting lonely way. after a year and a half or so, so I felt I had to send some some support. We readdress you know. the balance. Yeah. Now we've got two of us here and three back over in there, England. so it's a lot more balanced. Good point. Yeah. Uh, I'm not looking forward to getting up in the mornings, but uh, yeah, thank you very much, guys. Let us know your thoughts. Subscribe, review, check out Fan Critical, check out the Watchmen Watchers, check out the worst of Netflix, oh, yeah. and we'll be back with you next week. Bye bye. Au revoir. Oh, nice French. I've been possessed. <laughs>